Hey, my friend, you have found the Functioning Hot Mess Podcast. I'm Tanya Murray, life coach and author, and my job is to help you understand that life is more than checking off boxes and living up to others' expectations. I want you to know that you're enough just as you are right now in this moment, even if the world says you're not. So thank you for being here. Do me a favor and hit subscribe and let's get on with the show. All right, my friends, you have a special treat for you today. I have my friend on here with me. Her name is Alicia Gowan, and we have worked together for over 13 years now. And she has worked in primarily all kinds of crimes or victim advocacy for for people's crimes. So she specifically worked to help women and men who have been in domestic violent relationships. And also she's helped people who have been um, sexually assaulted. So she's had a life of service and now she is a mental health therapist and still helps people who are dealing with trauma. So I wanted to bring her on because quite a few years ago, I was in a difficult relationship, toxic relationship, and even violent relationship. And I remember during those times, the work week was less scary because we were apart, we were each doing our own jobs. And then the weekends where we had a lot of time together that's when things got really bad. That's when things were scary and difficult. And so now as we're dealing with this COVID situation and we're, we're sheltering in place in a lot of areas, I wanted to talk to her about what do you do if you're in that situation? So Alicia, welcome. And if you would, what advice would you give to someone who is at home more and home isn't safe? Yeah, we have a lot of people like in space, like you just said, that are sharing and don't have the opportunity to leave in places where they could have before to have their connections, their social supports, those people that they need to turn to when they felt unsafe. So a lot of us are are sheltering in place. And the one thing that I really want you to know is that it is important to remember that you have been be you have been doing hard things and that you can keep doing what you've been doing to survive every day. Like trust yourself to know how to take care of yourself. And that might seem like a little bit of weird advice to give. However, you know what you need to do in your situation to be okay, to be able to take care of your kids. And In that moment when you don't have any other option, when you have to stay there because maybe we are sheltering in place, you need to trust yourself. What I want to add to that is, you know what? If you are, if it is dangerous and you need to get out, you can call the police. You can leave your home. You can go to the neighbors. You can go to those places that you may have on your safety plan. Go and get the help that you need. And know that our shelters are open, our advocacy services are open, law enforcement is there to help you. You can get out if you need to. And most important, I want you to remember to keep hope. This social isolation, this quarantine, whatever we want to call this, it is not going to last forever. I know that it feels like it is right now. We're in the middle of this, not knowing what's going to happen and not knowing how to plan. And that makes everything much more stressful but I want you to continue to have hope that it will end and you will be able to move forward. I love that. I love that 
you're, you're tapping in and letting people know that they already have the knowledge of how to survive and how to make this difficult time, how to get through it, because it's something that most of us have been doing for years anyway. Um, and so tap into what they've been doing and what they have figured out. Now, one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to kind of explore a little bit more was a safety plan, because one of the things that I remember, I remember people telling me to make a safety plan. And first of all, I didn't know what the hell that meant. What is that? What, what goes into that? But something that I just thought of was, you know, for me, I, once I started making that safety plan, I never made it public. It was kind of a checklist in my mind. And I started taking little teeny tiny steps to get safe. And I didn't know when I was going to be able to actually put it into practice. So maybe let's kind of talk a little bit about what a safety plan could be and what people could be doing, even kind of in the same environment under their nose, so to speak, like what precautions or what things could they start doing so that when social isolation ends and they're able to get some respite from the constant, uh, constant contact, I guess, so to speak, um, what can they, you know, I I guess I'm kind of trying to say like when it's time for us to be able to go out back into the world and do our normal thing and shelter in places list lifted, if they want to hit the door running, what do they need to have in place? So one thing to know is that a safety plan is going to look different for every single person. All of our situations are unique. Um, Our resources and supports are unique. And so there isn't a one-size-fits-all safety plan. And I think sometimes we get stuck in that, well, I don't know what to do. You do. You do. You just have to start to turn inwards a little bit. Like you said, um, you know, I didn't know what that was and I didn't know how to do it. But I bet you started making some decisions and saying, hey, if I'm in this situation, I will do this. If, mm-hmm. I'm in, if I'm in this situation with my children, I'm going to act in this way. If, if my partner is responding to me in this way, this is the thing that I'm going to do to keep myself safe. Mm-hmm. So I want you to start to ask yourself those questions. What are the things that start to get you um, noticing that you're feeling unsafe. Those are the moments when you want to start to think, what are my options? What are my resources? What else is available to me to be able to move to a place of safety? That's what the safety plan is all about. Is it needing to change my location in the home to a place where I maybe don't feel trapped, um, where I can walk away in an easier way? Um, you know, sometimes, sometimes someone when domestic violence is all about having power and control over someone else. And this isolation allows that it's like a breeding ground for power and control. And so moving out of a bathroom, moving away from a closet, moving away from those places where you might not have another exit. Mm -hmm. Those are places to just shift yourself in your home. Think about the other people or, um, even your pets within the home. Um, what can you do to provide for their safety? How can you shift yourself around? How can you um, tap into neighbor resources or just internally? Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep it kind of generic in a little bit of a way because everybody's so so different. But it's all about considering what resources do you have? Do you have a, a neighbor that you can knock on the door? You know, we're not supposed to communicate. We're, we're social isolating. So we're supposed to remain six feet away from people. Right. Mm-hmm. However, 
if we're unsafe, we need to get to a place of safety, whatever that may look like. Well, and I think that's an important thing to bring up too, because when we're saying when we're unsafe in a relationship, this isn't talking about, you know, somebody's going to be mad because you bought a new pair of shoes. Like we're talking about unsafe, like legitimate. And I think sometimes I know, I know for me and I know for a lot of other individuals who are in unsafe relationships, we minimize that. And in a way, it's like we tell ourselves that it's not as bad as it really is, but it it really can be. And I think this is something to remember that people die from this yeah. and quite common. In fact, way more people die from domestic violence and intimate partner violence every year than COVID will probably ever see. And so even though we're talking about distancing the threat, if you have a threat in your home and it is a life and death situation, it's, it is a life and death situation. So I think being yeah. able to be honest with yourself and saying, uh, this is really bad and it's okay to leave your house and go to your neighbors. Like you said, or call the police or flee if you yes. have to like whatever it is you need to do. And one thing with that word flee that made me think of um, one of the best advice tips that I got when I was in a bad spot was to get a bag of clothes together and important papers like birth certificates, social security cards, um, driver's license, all those types of things that you would need to have with you if you had to flee a credit card, if you can get one in your possession and putting those things in a bag and keeping it concealed. And I was able to do that. And then even if you had it, like you said, for your kids, important papers for them, even for your pets, maybe a couple of doses of food or little baggies, Ziploc baggies of food for the dogs or something too. Anything that if you had to hit the door running and all you could take was literally that bag, you would have the essentials. Yeah, that's great advice, Tanya. And I do want, I absolutely agree with that, that that's part of a safety plan. However, I do want to add on to that, that if you don't have those things in place and you need to leave, just leave. Mm -hmm. Your safety is most important. And all of those things can be replaced. All of those things can be gathered. And there are supports. We, we have domestic violence services in our community. There are domestic violence and victim services in every community throughout the nation. Mm-hmm. And papers can be replaced. Our clothing can be replaced. Our hygiene, all of those things. What cannot be replaced is your life. Right. Just flat out. If you need to get out, get out. Mm-hmm. And we will help you. We will help you find all of the rest of that because it can all be rebuilt as long as you are there for us to work with. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think one thing that you said to me, the bigger, the, the more I tried to solve all these problems and think about all of those different aspects, um, the more overwhelming it felt. And I think in that situation, just start with, it's not even start with today. It's start with this minute. And mm-hmm. what do you need right now in this minute? And let's not worry about where am I going to stay? Where am I going to go? Like if you can get to a safe place and contact advocacy places, there's community base, there's law enforcement base, there's, you know, contact police, whoever it is, or, or a family friend or a friend or whatever, whoever or wherever you need to go, when you can get to that safe place, that's just step one. And don't worry about step two. So get, get, you know, take that first step and then 
when you get that done, take step two and we'll just work through each single step as you go. And absolutely, to me, being able to focus on just that step rather than, and then what, and then what, and then what is a little bit comforting because we don't know what the next steps are going to be yet. So just start with step one. Yeah, absolutely. Take the baby step. We'll help you figure out the next step after that one's taken. Um, I want, I really want people to know that there is hope out there, that there is opportunity for change, for growth, for safety. Um, We have people who are available to help. And I think one of the big parts of isolation of, of quarantine is that we feel like we're alone. And this magnifies that feeling of isolation and that no one is there. And it's not true. Mm -hmm. We are there and just reach out. Take that first step, like you said, and the rest of the help will come. I love that. I love that. Thank you. Is there anything else that you think we should add to this before we close? I think if I could add anything, it would be for those who maybe are not in a domestic violence situation, but may be concerned about a neighbor, concerned about a family member, concerned about a friend. I would say reach out. Just check on them. Let them know that you're there and that you're thinking of them through phone calls, FaceTime, messages, whatever that might be, so that they know that their lifelines are not cut off, that they have supports, that they have people who are loving them and thinking of them. And if you can contribute in your community somehow, just think about your neighbors and your loved ones and keep that communication going. Yes, I love that. I love that. It's really easy to kind of get caught in our own chaos because we're, you know, we just donned like 15 different new hats and we're trying to make sense of our own little teeny household and all of these crazy things. And we do have a natural tendency in that first knee jerk reaction to just kind of circle the wagons and take care of our little family. But we've had a couple weeks now and we're able to breathe a little bit. And some of the scare has, it's still there, but it's kind of mellowed a little. And so now's the perfect time to remember that we're not alone and that there's people dealing with things that we can't even imagine and yeah, yeah, reach out, say hi. Definitely. I love that. Well, you know, some, I think some of what you just said was that overwhelm, that, that fear, that initial fear of, Oh no, has started to wear off, but now Mm -hmm. comes the overwhelm and that isolation. Mm -hmm. And the way that we break that is that communication and connection. Thank you, Tanya. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think of all times for us, to be stuck in home. I mean, we have more ability to connect online than ever in the history of mankind. And even though it's not the same and it's not necessarily as fulfilling, it is better than nothing. So reach out to your loved ones and your friends. And if you're in a bad spot, just know there's people out there to help you and trust your instinct, go with your gut, do what you need to do to get through this, this time. But but remember, there's people who love you and who truly are ready to help you as soon as possible and as soon as you can reach out to them. Yes. All right. Anything else? I just want to thank you for allowing me to come on here and to have a conversation. It's important the way that we bring domestic violence, intimate partner violence out of the darkness, out of isolation is to talk about it. And so I just want to thank you for allowing me to have that conversation and to remind people to look out for one another. 
Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for joining me on this amazing interview. This is my first one. So you're my guinea pig and I'm so grateful. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thanks. And there you have it. I'm so thankful for Alicia Gowan for participating on this interview with me and sharing her valuable insight and information. She is such a good person with such a big heart and wants so much to be able to help people. The one thing I wanted to bring to your attention that we didn't cover during the interview is where to find the help. Now, obviously, 911. If you need police and it's an emergency, you call 911. If you have to flee and get to a safe place, call 911. But if you're also looking for more tips, more ideas, someone to kind of talk things through, if you're just not quite sure, the National Domestic Violence Hotline has a phone number you can call. It's 1 800 799 SAFE. That's 7233. So 800 799 7233. And they have advocates online 24 seven to talk to you. They also have a click to chat function. You can find that at the hotline.org. So the T H E hotline, H O T L I N E.org. And that will get you to the national domestic violence hotline. So if you need further information, need more follow-up, give them a call. And I even recommend if you have a friend or a family member who's in an unsafe relationship and you don't know what to do, I would chat with them. I would give them a call, tell them the situation and get their feedback and advice and thoughts because these guys are the pros. They do this, they do this 24 seven. So reach out to them and utilize their knowledge. Call your local advocacy offices in, in your area and know, do all of this only if you can be safe. So we recognize during this time when we have um, controlling individuals in our life, those things may not be safe. So keep all of that into consideration, but know there are people out there ready. And I think we made that very clear in this call. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful that you're listening to this. Please share it with anyone who you feel may need it. Thank you again, and I will see you soon. Bye.